Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. But one more time, it's Kansas City playing for the AFC Championship. Andy Reid's amazing, isn't he? Mike Tirico with the final call of the Kansas City-Jacksonville game. That's where we begin talking about an NFL divisional round weekend. 1023 Gresham Fourier here with you. Good morning to all the affiliates across the board. You can listen on the Odyssey app at 103.7 down in Providence, 105.5 FM. Real busy this weekend out there in Springfield with the uh, Red oh, Sox yeah. winter weekend. And, of course, Worcester Cape and the Islands up in New Hampshire and in the uh, great state of Maine. And Fourier, I figure that Kansas City-Jacksonville probably needs the least amount of analysis from us because, for me, you can tell Jacksonville they just weren't ready for the moment to go into Arrowhead, into Kansas City, and get a win. And it felt like every time Jacksonville scored, Kansas City countered right away. Even if it was they put up a touchdown – went down and kicked a field goal. Whatever it was, it felt like whatever Jacksonville had for them, like if Kansas City needed to score 35 to win, they would have found a way to get the 35 points and win the game. Yet Jacksonville was hanging around but never really in the game, if you know what I mean. I felt like they they missed out on an unbelievable opportunity because – Wow. Because, yeah, because uh, the, the best player in football, like, got hurt early on, and you're like, all right, good, at least we can – at least we don't have to deal with that guy, okay? That guy, the way he extends plays, just everything about him is great. But sure as hell, Henny, Chad Henny comes in, like 15 years in the league, something crazy, and he goes 97 yards and gets him a touchdown. You're like, holy crap, you had them backed up. You should have been off the field. No, so they sure as hell, they get seven points. They pad their lead, and you're still thinking, okay, even if Patrick Mahomes comes back, he's going to be severely limited, What he was. But he still starts making plays. I thought they missed out on an opportunity. But you're right. I felt like uh, they missed a uh, the Christian Kirk drops a, like an <clears throat> an easy catch on a bomb from Trevor Lawrence. They <clears throat> they fumble the ball inside the ten yard line, which could have given given him points. Mm-hmm. So they made it interesting. And I would have all out blitzed Patrick Mahomes so much just to force the issue with him and his hurt ankle. They were a, afraid to do. They, that. It's like they didn't want to do it. So I felt like they, they missed opportunities. But Really? Yeah. He's okay. I get he can still throw from the pocket, but the best part about him is his ability to improvise. Well, don't you think that Kansas City do it? Even though Kansas City let Tyreek Hill go, they still have home run hitters. And I think a part of the fear, just thinking out loud, is that if Jacksonville gets caught in the wrong blitz to either the wrong screen or the wrong, you know, jet sweep handoff, something like that. 
that there are too many guys out of position. Kansas City hits the home run. It felt like there was a little bit of the let's keep it in front of us if we're Jacksonville. As long as they ain't behind us, they can't kill us. But if we keep them in front of us, we might have a chance to manage this. I just thought that they just they should have just attacked him and forced the issue. And let's see, because I've had multiple ankle injuries like that. We've seen other people have him, and the fact that he went in tells me that he obviously got some Toradol and some extra strength Tylenol. Okay, probably got himself in that. That's the only freaking way he comes back, Rash, right? He probably, the general, you know, the general rule. Took some anison. You take you take that. Most guys, even if they're not hurt, they take a Toradol shot, okay? Yeah, Which yeah. is a really strong anti-inflammatory, and it just make. I don't care what kind of aches and bruises you have. You don't feel any of it until, like, Monday afternoon. For those who are wondering, if for those who have never been a professional athlete, it's like when you go to the dentist and they numb you up. That's essentially exactly what yes, it is. Just a different kind of cane. Fabulous. Or okay. doll at the and end of you, the drug. And if you pair that, I'm not telling kids to do this. Don't do it, okay? But if you pair that up with, like, some, I don't know, just Vicodin or extra strength Tylenol, which you, which is safe if you take it with the you know permission of a doctor, will remove all the pain and all the fear. So you're able to go out there in an unbelievable challenging contest and like perform. And he's still hobbling. They should have attacked him. They should have made him freak out. They should have made him worried about hurting it worse. And there are even these quick little slip screens and these quick little throws to the side that he was short army because he couldn't he couldn't step into him. I just felt like they could have made it more interesting. They could have forced the issue. They could have really made them panic a little bit, and they didn't do it. So uh, I wonder if uh, Patrick Mahomes will be getting a uh, a surgery a la Mac Jones or or will uh, push back on that. Or who knows, maybe all the Kansas City fans will be like all the Zappy fans around here and go nuts and be screaming for Chad Henney. No way. Came in to play. I mean, why not? It's exact you, same thing. This is, these situations in a in like the bubble of a uh, of a game. Uh, okay, listen, of like a two hour span. I'm going to do what I need to take to win. You're going to play out of your mind and then we're going to just uh we're just going to make this work. All right. Drugs wear off, reality sinks in that Cincinnati is actually going to game plan for Chad Henney. Good freaking luck. Right. Now, I'm not saying that he he can't you know, be productive, but it's a significant drop off, right? Yeah, Mahomes will be in there. We'll see what level he's at come Sunday afternoon, but yeah, I, I only kid because, again, everybody around here went crazy for the backup. So who knows? Maybe Henny Mania will run wild in Kansas City here before the uh, the AFC Championship game. And then for you on that second game on Saturday, well, the Giants went into Philadelphia. And this is the legend, Merrill Reese, on our sister station, WIP in Philly. This is first pass of the game to let you know everything you need to know. As Hertz takes the snap, he's back, he's looking, he is going deep, looking for Devontae Smith, who has it, all the way down at the 35-yard line. Yeah. Brought down by Julian Love, but what a connection on the first pass of the game for 41 yards. He lines up in a very tight split, and he just runs by the defense. This is just one of these plays where you allow him to run that deep post or over route and he just runs by love the safety. He doesn't have the speed to stay up with Devontae Smith. You got the answer to the question. Is there anything wrong with his shoulder? Nothing. More. So oh, wow, you got I mean there. so there you go. Yeah Jalen Hurts. I mean Philly was up twenty eight nothing. It was cruise control over. after that. That that was um 
they were a little starstruck. They were a little like, uh, you know, look, it's like they were staring at headlights, right? You know, for some train coming out. The Giants. Out the Giants were. Yeah. They're not ready at all. Phillies, man, they're, they're a lot better. I, it's funny, like, so when Jalen Hurts got hurt, you're thinking like, okay, you know, all those wins were, you know, didn't exist, but they're better than I thought they were. And, you know, and the Giants... Listen, they they made the playoffs after what they went through the year before. They should year. be they should be so happy. Mm-hmm. The only thing they're doing right now is going, holy crap! How are we going to compete with Philly for the next some odd years? Whatever. That's what they're thinking. Yep. Because they're not going anywhere. AJ Brown's not going anywhere. Devontae Smith isn't going anywhere. Jalen Hurts in his third year. I mean, talk about you know the funny thing is Philly is that, two first round picks by the way as well. The, it's amazing. That one they, of them they is num- that. one of them number ten from New Orleans. There was somebody sent out this tweet. I don't even know who it was. I liked it. I should probably try to find it. It was like the University of Alabama is like taking credit for uh, for like Jalen Hurts. It's it has something to do with like so Jalen Hurts was what like the first uh, first Alabama quarterback to win a playoff game since like nineteen sixty. Something insane. Wow. It was insane the amount of, uh, oh, here it is. Jalen Hurts is the first Alabama quarterback to win an NFL playoff game since Richard Todd. Anybody remember Richard Todd? Yeah, Richard Todd. It was the 80s, wasn't it? It was the Jets. From, you're right. You're because right. Ken Stabler would have right. been the other Alabama quarterback you're right. one before that. Yeah, good job by you. Led the Jets past the Raiders in 1983. Wow. So the big th- debate going on right now is like, who actually can claim Jalen Hurts? Is it the University of Oklahoma or is it Alabama? And the other part is like, that's the last time an Alabama quarterback with all those studs, with all those first-round draft picks, that's the first guy to win a to win a playoff game in the NFL. Well, Greg's amazing. Greg McElroy was close, I'm sure. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, maybe because he backed up by Andy Dalton. And remember, for, and remember, for a healthy chunk of those years, uh, Alabama was not very good. I mean, like you came out of Gene Stallings. I was going to say there Gene was the, Stallings, the Dennis Franchione era, and then remember that guy got punted for I don't know. Was he another one? Like, did they just run him, or was that kind of like a? Uh, Doggone it, the guy who ended up at UTEP, he was at Washington State, but he went to uh, Alabama and then left. Mike Price. Remember, he was there for about five minutes, and I don't know if it was an unzip situation going on there or whatever, but nevertheless, Alabama is a monolith now. And um, I just thought it was amazing with all those first round picks. He played well, but he didn't play great. He did enough to be able to win, but their look. Where is Philly dominating lines of scrimmage? Again, it isn't sexy. People want to go crazy over wide receivers and running backs and da-da-da. Where is Philly killing people right now? They dominated offensively on the line of scrimmage. They ran in for over 200, but they added Sue, and they added another big body in there. His name is slipping me. We're on the defensive line. They're now better equipped to deal with the run because Jordan Davis, the big kid, I think got hurt. I can't remember if he came back. But they added some beef along the D line as well, and that's where Philadelphia is smacking people around. Running well, they, the ball, they are they are definitely the uh, the favorite. But for a while, all I heard around here on sports radio was you got to throw to win. Run games don't matter. <laughs> really, look at what happened in since. Look at happened with Cincinnati. Look at Philadelphia. Look at San Francisco. I know we're going to get to those other two games, but. Running the ball and staying balanced matters. Ask Josh Allen if he'd like isn't, to have isn't, 30 carries for 120 yards a game. Isn't that funny, though? Like, when it really – so you can get by with slinging it all over the place. You can get by with taking advantage of a team that has 
weak to non-existent corners, you know, that just can't cover, that don't know how to tackle in space. But then when you get into the playoffs, like the same old, like, you know, adage still holds up. Can I give you the fourth holds up? Can I give you the four things I learned in college in 92? Okay. It was if you want to win consistently, if you run the ball, you stop the run. You win the turnover ratio. Sounds like Bill. And you win on special teams. That's what I was taught in 92 when our coach was like, here's kind of the blueprint. And he would say, because if we run it, we're going to work play action. If we stop the run, they'll be in third and long. If we win the turnover ratio, numbers are in our favor to be able to win close games. And special teams is the deciding factor with hidden yards. Normally, if you're pretty good at those four metrics on the whole, you got a chance to win consistently at any level. No, it, it is. And uh, I remember even, uh, I don't know when it was, uh, we were talking to, we used to talk to Michael Lombardi on every Friday, and he was basically mocking the idea of uh, teams run. Oh, it was, it was the Tennessee Titans when they finally ended up losing to Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and, and the Chiefs ended up winning the Super Bowl. They they made they made it to the to the AFC Championship game by running it primarily. That was it. They ran the ball. They played good defense. They didn't turn it over. They were good on special teams. They didn't need bells and whistles. They didn't need the new innovative like you know play scheme. They didn't need it. They knew who they were. They owned it and they played to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty freaking simple. Because when I look at like all the teams, all the teams that advance all do that. Cincinnati will get to, like, uh, taking advantage of turnovers. Buffalo with the loss. Turnovers. Like, Josh Allen has just disappeared. Uh, I mean, even, um, uh, you know, San Francisco. They all have Dallas. It's like you just can't keep turning it over. You can't get paid that much money, Dak Prescott, and keep turning it over. It just doesn't work. You get paid too much money. So, to me, I'm with you. It just cracks me up. With all the metrics and all the you know the stats and information and you know surrender index that you see by all these knuckleheads out there on Twitter, try coaching a team, try coaching a team and put up those stupid stats about surrender index and passing on this and doing on that. If you're not willing to get your nose bloodied, especially in the winter, you have no chance of making it or, or advancing. It just doesn't exist. So that gets us right into Cincinnati and Buffalo because Buffalo had, uh, you know, Allen had the turnover late, but they got down and then they couldn't figure out how to put anything together consistently on offense. Steph Diggs was pretty much a no-show, four catches on 10 targets. Hey, listen, I don't think uh, Cincinnati is great on defense, but they did a great job of frustrating Diggs to the point to where when Josh Allen did throw that interception, Stephon Diggs was ranting and raving and going nuts on the sideline. Diggs, after the game, apparently he was out of the locker room so quick that I think it's Duke Johnson, who was on their practice squad, had to grab him, pull him back in for whatever McDermott had to say, and then Steph Diggs got the hell out of there. And after the game, Sean McDermott was asked about his little hissy fit on the sideline. That's what makes him good is is what you saw. Is he's very competitive, like we all are. Um, we work extremely hard at these jobs to, to to be the best we can possibly be, and it hurts. And um, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't want a guy that it, it doesn't hurt, right? So. Um, he put it all on the line out there. We put it all on the line, and tonight it wasn't good enough. And uh, um, you know, that's that's the part that stings. Yeah, so guys like that always drove me nuts because this is when I need you to, to kind of 
calm down. This is when I need you to be, you know, have your wits about you. This is when I need you to just not, to you know, not be so emotional. Like, we're all trying to win. I'm trying to get you the ball. I threw it to you ten times. Okay? They're obviously doing something uh, that is, uh, that is uh, you know, causing us not to be as successful. Okay? So, fine. And you know what? They had a good game plan, and I suck right now. Like, that is that is the other aspect of mm-hmm. it. But what le- but for me, for Cincinnati, the thing that stands out is just Joe Burrow. It's the obvious one for me. Joe Burrow, they're down three starting offensive tackles. Uh, sorry, not off- three no, offensive, offensive linemen, linemen. Three offensive linemen. Three backups started it, that game it yesterday. It just doesn't matter. And people will like to draw comparisons to the greats of the past, like even the present, like a Tom Brady, like a Joe Montana, like a Aaron Rodgers. To me, the thing about Brady that made him special is that even if you had issues on your offensive line, it just didn't matter. He was just he knew where to throw the ball and he he had receivers that knew where to go under those circumstances. He got the ball out on average 2.5 seconds it took him to get the ball out. 2.5 seconds. He just just darts it out there, it doesn't matter. I mean, they had the same issue last year. They went to the Super Bowl. And the thing that stands out to me is I feel like the after it's all said and done, I feel like the NFL has a Cincinnati Bengals problem. I don't think the NFL wants the Cincinnati Bengals to be the darling of the NFL. I don't think they want Cincinnati to be uh, like the next like up and coming team. This is market size deal. I just feel like it's like God. We thought it was a fluke. We thought it was like last year was a fluke. The way they beat Tennessee, the way they advance, even against uh, you know you know the way they advance, the way they beat the Raiders last year. That two of the first games were like almost flukish. And then they actually beat, you know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime with Jamar Chase and, and with their kicker. It was amazing. I don't feel like the, the NFL wants them there. I don't know how you feel, what you what you see uh, with them. Look, I think if uh, Pittsburgh is a similar city of size, and I know they go back with a much more rich history than the Bengals, where most people grew up with the Bengals as losers and the Steelers as winners. Um, I think it's okay because it's really about the star power of Joe Burrow. And after the game on CBS, they asked Joe Burrow about the neutral site possibilities. Yeah. And yeah, he, yep, yep. We yep. talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> Yeah, boy, See, there isn't he is. That, that's more, it. Isn't that, that Brady does that all the time. He holds on to something. He doesn't mention it. And when he is successful or he wins, he throws it in your face. There's more, at, like, from the videos to, like, you know, post-game press conferences. He, they just don't talk about it and credit Zach Taylor. But then, actually, when it's all said and done and it's safe to kind of Mock people mm-hmm. for using it with the tickets. He says, "Well, eh, well, you know, refunds. Well, I get those refunds back. You know, you guys didn't want us here. Here we are." Well, you know what? You mentioned Zach Taylor. He talked about it post game as well. And after you hear this, it was evident the rallying cry was about this whole neutral field game for the neutral site. Game, I mean. Yeah, we, we just we had our mindset to go play in Kansas City, and and uh, it it, I, it is it is tough because they they have to formulate the plans for coin tosses, and they got to formulate the plans for neutral site games, and we just keep screwing it up for everybody, and I hate that for for people that have to endure all those logistical issues, and then uh, we just keep screwing it up. So I'm sorry. 
Dude, that is Bill. That is so condescending and passive-aggressive. It's the same script, Gresh. It is. It's the same script. Yep. And the players are doing it. The quarterback is doing it. And your coach is doing it. Hey, with a straight face. That's amazing. Uh, I'm just sorry. You know, guy, you know, those guys got to keep changing those plans. And I don't know what to do. Like, I know they're they're working their ass up. But, man, we just keep screwing it up for them. God, oh, shucks. That is a script from the Patriots over the last 20 years. They rallied around that. For, of course. And they, what are the what are the page we rallied around a stupid fake uh parade? Parade that that the that they were still doing here in the city of Boston. And you took the cheese, didn't you? Willingly. You- <laughs> Give me more. I want more. Yep. There's a video of that going around that actually shows me and I am so dead serious about well, I can't believe these guys think they can just play a parade like hey, we played a game yet. Who do they think they are? That was also your first Super Bowl, too. So uh, there was... No, that was my second one. Wait, was that 04? Oh, oh, that's one. right. It was the second one. Sorry, the first yeah, one was in Houston. I was Houston. really brainwashed by then. Got it. Oh, oh yeah. Were... I was 100%. You were like a zombie. I was like, oh, they Bill. think we suck. You guys won 21 <laughs> games in a row. We are not good. We, won the, we were the first... We were the number one seed. Oh, we suck still. It's amazing. <laughs> We keep winning. We lost two games. We got lucky. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.